is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. February is clicking right along here, isn't it? Get January out of the way, and February just seems to pick up the pace for us. Amen. <laughs> well, we want to get right in our Bible study tonight. Amen. And so, we remember last month we were talking about a what? A better, a better revelation. Amen. Because we... It all flows. Everything flows from that knowledge of you having a clear understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Amen. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and was received back up in the glory. Amen. It's a mystery. Amen. And so that's the that's the key, and that's why you have to build your faith, and that's why you got to search this stuff out. You got to get into the Word. Amen. Jesus says in John five thirty five through thirty nine. I mean thirty nine and forty. He says, "Search the Scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me that you might have life." Amen. He's come, come that we might have life and that more abundantly. And so, therefore, we need to search the Scriptures. We need to get into the Word of God. We need to allow Him, as the psalmist says, God, open thou mine understanding that I might behold the wonders out of thy law. In other words, God, give me clear, clarity that I may understand what I'm reading and how it applies to my life. Amen. And so that's the key is to to be able to get into the Word of God because it has everything we need. Amen. And when we get the Spirit of God, we know we have love, we have joy, we have peace, we have long-suffering, we have gentleness and goodness and faith and humility and temperance, you know, edification. All these things begins to flow from that understanding of Jesus Christ and what it is. So tonight we want to talk about a better love. And you probably think, how can you have better love? Amen. But we want to talk about a better love tonight. Amen. This month, matter of fact, we're going to talk about a better love. John 15, verse 12 through 13, on your paper there or in your Bibles. You probably want to have your Bible so you can highlight this stuff so it jumps off the page when you're reading your Bible through this year. That's the goal. You'll see it again. You'll probably see it a whole bunch of times Amen. Through your scriptures as you're reading and as you sometimes as you're studying the word of God and you're applying the word of God to you, what you find a lot of times is Jesus says things, but you'll pick it up in the Old Testament as you're reading. okay? because that's what he says. I come to fulfill the law. So you're going to find a lot of the things in the New Testament that says is in the Old Testament. It's hidden, kind of like the prayer of Jabez. As you hear me talk about the prayer of Jabez sometimes, how it's hidden in the book of Chronicles. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the things that Jesus quote or says is in the Old Testament. And as a result of that, it's hidden right in some of that other stuff that you may not have an understanding or, or if you're reading too fast you might skip right across it and so this is why you've got to study to show yourself approved the god workmen that need if not be ashamed rightly dividing the words of truth john 15 verse 12 through 13 this is my commandment that you love 
one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. Notice, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. It is an eternal fact that God loves you with an everlasting love that cannot be fathomed. You know, you stop and think about it. You can't put a price tag on how much God really truly loves you. You know, we, we, we're not even scratching the surface as how much what he did for us, you know, to show us how much he truly, truly, truly loves us. You know, as he told Israel, oh, I, I just would have just loved to put my arms around you as a mother hen does her chicks, but you wouldn't let me. You know, he was trying to show them love. He, he brought them out. He gave them manna. He gave them quail. You know, he fought and, 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 and got rid of their enemies for them to show his love to them. And they rejected that. Amen. So it's, 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 it's an everlasting fact that God loves us. You know, he says, I'll be with you even unto the ends of the earth. It is so boundless that it cannot, that it can only be known by Faith. So there's that word again. We've got to go back to faith. Amen. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Amen. So we got to build our faith in this thing, and we have to take God at his word and what he says uh, in his word for us. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. God says, I love you, then I've got to believe that he loves me. Amen. And this is what he wants us to get to that point, and I walk with him that we trust him at every juncture. He goes before us, the Bible tells us, to make the way straight. And so we have to walk by faith. Amen. It is so boundless that it can only be uh, 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 captured by our faith. Scripture tells us that God so loved the world that he gave, John three sixteen. That very little word, so, is most expressive. It gives you some concept of the magnitude of God's love. God so loves you and he gave his only begotten son to be sent for you that you might become the righteousness of God in him. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus Christ was made that which God hates, sin. Amen. He was made sin for you and I. So that we could live. That's love. That you might become that which God loves, righteousness. Because God so loved you, you can exchange your sins for his righteousness. Could we ask for any greater evidence of his love than Calvary? Amen. Calvary speaks of something more than just a cross. Amen. That's why when I see people with crosses around their necks and I ask them, tell me the meaning of that. It speaks of great love. Amen. 
is not just some ornamental piece of jewelry for the Christian. Paul says, amen, for the preaching of the cross, the damn perish is foolishness, but for those of us that save, his power, amen. God gives us power, amen, to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Calvary is proof that God loves us and longs to save us. And so during this month, we're going to look at this better love. And as I was saying early, you know, everything flows around this faith. And, and, and everything as a Christian is built upon faith. And love is built upon faith. And love is built upon trust. You know, when you decide you want to get married, Sister Michaela, whoever you choose or whoever you find, amen, there's going to be those words come out of your mouth pretty soon that's going to say, I love you. And he's going to say, I love you. But we have to make sure that, <laughs> but we have to make sure that we understand that there's a better love. Okay? There's a, there's a better love that we need to understand first and foremost. See, natural love and natural marriage is only going to flow if you understand the better love. See, Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 11. He says, For other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So everything that we do must be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his apostles, because it's going to be tested by fire. <laughs> okay? And so if you don't have the understanding and the knowledge of the foundation and what the foundation is and the concept of true love, then when it, you're tested, it ain't going to last. See? Jesus says... Greater love hath no man than this, than a man will lay down his life for a friend. So there's a greater love than just what we see on the surface. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through verse 8 in your Bibles there for a second. Everybody there? Give you a couple of seconds to flip your pages. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. Paul says to the church at Rome, he says, For when we were yet without strength, in other words, we didn't have the power of the Holy Ghost. We couldn't stand on our own two feet. We needed somebody to hold us up. He says, In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet for a venture or by chance for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Notice, for God established and God put his love towards us, and that while we were still out there sinning, God died for us. Amen. Christ died for us. God, God didn't die. <laughs> okay, flesh died. Not, not All right. That's what died. Amen. 
But he's the greater love that we can't understand. Why would he do it? See, because God had made a promise. Amen. He had already made a promise, and the forerunners had already laid out the foundation, and they had already prophesied that he would come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. When you look at the book of, of, of uh, Songs of Solomon, it's all about a love story. What is my beloved more than another beloved? He, he's talking about the relationship. And this is why when you look at this better love, is to build that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said early, Calvary speaks of a better Love, agape love, brotherly love, affectionate love, one towards another. So if we say that we are Christians, then therefore this love of God should be dealt and deep within us. Amen. And so we have to understand that we don't look at it from a surface standpoint. Say. Most time we get in trouble because we're looking at it from a surface standpoint. A better love requires us to think differently. See? A lot of times we're looking at things from the flesh instead of the spirit. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 through 9. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Back in the Pentateuch. And we know the book of Deuteronomy is a book of what? What is it? It's the fifth book of Moses, but what, what, what is the book of Deuteronomy? It's a book of remembrance. It's a book of recompitiation. <laughs> it's recapping. <laughs> Let's put it that way. In other words, they're getting the law a second time. They're getting training again before they go into the promised land because the old generation has died off. See, all them God told wasn't going into the promised land. They dropped dead <laughs> out in the wilderness. So now the new generation that's getting ready to go into the promised land, Moses is educating them one last time to bring them into understanding of what happened. He's re-sharing with them the law all over again, telling them why he's not going to be able to go in with them, why somebody else is going to care, because he says, your forefathers caused me to sin. <laughs> so so he, he's recapping what took place with them. So notice in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, uh, through verse... Uh, what did I say? Nine? Amen. Here, he goes, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now, I could stop right there. If you're born again, you should understand that verse. If you have been born again of the water and the Spirit, this should, that, that verse should speak to you. You're special to God. See? He didn't have to do it. Out of 7 billion people in the world, He didn't have to choose you. See? He didn't have to let you have this Spirit. He didn't have to let you have this truth. 
Uh, That should let you know how special you are to God. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord, what? Loved you. And because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hands of Pharaoh king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. The faithful God, which keep covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generation my goodness look how long that is. a thousand generations he don't change is what the bible is saying you know he's the same right yesterday today and forever if the world continues for another thousand years another thousand generations god's going to be the same he's going to show the same love the same kindness the same fruit He's not going to change. See? Everybody has the same opportunity. Is what God is trying to get us to see here. Amen. And so therefore, amen, we should understand how truly and how much he loves us. A better love. Amen. So we're special to him. In other words, the Bible calls you a peculiar treasure. You are valuable to God. See? That's why the scripture says, Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. You are very special to God. You are valuable. Greater love has no man than this. While we were sinners, while we was doing wrong, God still established his love. Amen. Towards us. This agape love that God has for us, we need to understand it's an affectionate love. It's a brotherly, kindly love. This is what the Bible tells us, Hebrews 13, 1. Let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain stranger, for whereby some have entertained angels unaware. Amen. The thing about love is that we humans have misconstrued it. See, we have made it to mean something different than what it is. For example, who I marry or who I'm married to, I say, that's the person I love. Or you and me get along together and I say, you're my friend, and I say, I love my friends. See? Or... The things we have. I love my car. You know, I love my house. I love my apartment. I love my school. I love my dog. I love my cat. I love my job. Say, is that really, truly love? See, we say we love these things until something goes wrong. I get old and I see somebody else and then I decide, well, I don't love this person like I did. 
Thought I did. See? So that's miscrewed love. See? I can say I love where I live until I get into a, a people come in the neighborhood that is maybe hulums or steel or whatever, and then I don't love where I live anymore. You know, my couch and my bed, is I love it, but when the mattress get old, <laughs> my back started hurting, and I don't love this bed anymore. It's too hard to get in and get out of, you know. Can't get up and down the steps, you know. My, my home, I don't love it anymore. My job, I, I love it until the, the boss tell me they're laying folks off and give me a pink slip. Then I don't love the job anymore. I love my dog. I love my cat until they scratch somebody and somebody sue me. And then I have to get rid of them. Then I don't love them no more. See, we, 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 <laughs> see where I'm going? See, so we humans have made love something that it really isn't. See? The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. See? God is love. And maybe this is the reason we have so many problems with not being able to get along in the world. Is because we have focused love on something that really isn't. God is love. And we need to understand that. We need to get back to the true meaning of what love is. God. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord and we must love him. With all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. See? So when I understand this, to love him with my heart, which is the way I think, my will, my conscience, see, my inner man is what needs to be connected with God. See, because when I understand that God is love and I think about that love and I build my relationship with that love, then that love is going to be first and foremost in my life. And as a result of that, I'm going to be strong in that and I will keep connected to that so that whatever else I do will be built on that solid foundation, amen, that won't fall. See, so when my love for God is in its rightful place, then everything else begins to fall in line the way it's supposed to fall in line. Because I am not going to allow anything to come between me and the love of God. This is why Moses is telling the children of Israel, he says, In these words I command you this day must be hidden in your heart. In other words, you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. Because everything else that you do in life is going to be built on that knowledge and understanding. That he is love. And he is God. See? 
And so if you don't have the glue and the cement together, then your wall is going to come down. Amen. We need to build our lives based on truth and not on error. We don't lead to lean to the ways of the world. We, we, we're quick to pattern after the world and we don't realize it. The world tell us what love is. The world tell us all kinds of things. And we follow right after without what? Saying, what does God say? We have to be careful. We have to think. Notice what Paul write into the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am what? Become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. See? So therefore, my tongue, if I'm speaking in tongues, then that is an indication that the Spirit is there. And if the Spirit is there, then that means that God is there. And if God is there, that means that love is there. And see, if I say that spirit is there and I have the spirit of God and God is there and love is there, then my words should reflect what's there. The Bible says in Mark sixteen fifteen, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. These words shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devil, they shall speak. With new tongues. Now, I know that means you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it also means that this gets cleaned up. See? Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death is in the... Right here, right? So if I speak in tongues with men's and angels, and this is killing people, if I'm telling everything I know, if I'm blabbing everything I know then love may not be there. If I'm gossiping about everything, if I'm telling everything I know, if I'm, I'm, I'm just running off at the mouth like a... Then love may not be there. See? Think. That's what he's saying here. Though I speak tongues of men and angels, and if I don't have... God here, because God is love, and I'm just making a whole bunch of noise. See? Because God is love. See? And the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, see, they're of the same Spirit, and God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See? So I got to understand this. So I got to think about these things now. And I have to examine myself, Paul says, to, to make sure that God is there. That's what he says. He said, don't you know that Christ is in you except what? You'd be a reprobate, First, Second Corinthians 13, 5 and 6. You know? He says, examine yourself. Prove your own self. No, you're not how the Christ is in you, except you'd be a reprobate, but I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. 
I hope he says, I know you're, you, you don't think you're no good because in Deuteronomy, what God says, you're special. You procure your treasure in Exodus 19.5. So if you procure your treasure to God, you're special to God, then you should know you're not a reprobate. You're valuable. You're something good. You're something special. If not, he'd have never died for you. Think differently. Now, do I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not God? I'm just making a bunch of noise. See, so Paul goes on and he, he tries to give us an understanding here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Amen. Go to Ephesians three seventeen, verse 19 real quick. He says, amen. Now, if, if, if God is in us and God is there, he says, now that Christ may dwell in your thinking heart. Not this little thing that's beating, pumping your blood through your body. Let's talk about your thinking, your mind, your conscience, your will. If Christ dwell in your thinking and in your heart by faith, that you being what? Rooted and grounded. In God, which is love. See, you got to get your roots down in this thing. You can't be on the surface. See, you've got to get deep. Blessed is the man that walking not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scorpion, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, who shall bring forth fruit in his season. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. As Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, 7 through 9, he says, you won't feel when the heat comes, because why? Your roots are down deep. See, you need to be rooted, kind of like what I was preaching Sunday. See, you don't despise your birthright because you're down deep. See, you, you value what God has done for you. And he goes on in verse 18, he says, May be able to what? Comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, in other words, the width of this love, how high it goes, how deep it goes, amen, and how high it goes, how long it goes, excuse me, <laughs> you know, how wide, how long, how deep, and so high, you remember those songs, you're so wide, you can't get around it, so low, you can't get under it, you know, you remember you saying that song, so you got to come through the door, I think Jesus put it that way, didn't he, no man can come in through the Father except to go to me, I'm the daughter of the sheepfold, see, all these songs they write, they take them from scriptures and play with the words. And <laughs> Amen. So notice here, he says, I want you to be able to comprehend. He says, I want you to be able to understand and have the knowledge so that you understand with all the saints of God how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of God is. Say. It's not a surface thing. It goes deep. It goes wide. It's everywhere. Verse 19. Amen. And to know the love of 
Christ which passeth knowledge. Our current knowledge and worldly knowledge is not going to give you an understanding. Paul says in Second Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians two nine, he says, I have not seen and ear have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. See? We're scratching the surface. There's so much there. And this is what Paul has said. He says, I want you to be rooted. I want you to be grounded so that you have the knowledge and you have the understanding as all the saints of God should have about this love because it's better than just surface. It's, just, it's, it's better than just saying, I love you. You know? You know, I tell my wife, I love you. You know? But God's love goes deeper. And if I get rooted and grounded and deeper and deeper in the things of God, all it's going to do is make me love her more, 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 more. See? Because God is in me. And the more God is in you, the more you're going to love people the way he says, as he says, on these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. See? And when he told the story about the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan didn't ask any questions. He didn't ask the guy who beat him up. He didn't ask the guy, where are you going? He didn't ask the guy, man, what happened to you? He just got off his donkey, patched him up, took him to an inn, took care of him, got up the next morning, paid the bill and says, here's a little bit more, and if there's more when I come back again, I'll take care of it. And Jesus said, well, who was his neighbor? And the guy says, well, I guess the guy did all that good stuff. He says, yep, right, now go do likewise. Because, see, when his love is down in us, it makes all the difference in the world. It's a passive knowledge. You're not going to get it out of a book, a regular book. You know, think of all the books that's been written about love. Think about it. You probably read it probably just as many of them as I have. You know, you go to marriage council, they tell you, I want you, you should probably read this book. You should probably read this book, you know. And then you get married, and next thing you know, you're having fisticuffs. All right? Think about it. So what happened to love? They left God out. They didn't build into the roots, see? They didn't get deep within the roots of the matter, see? So it's a passive human knowledge. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Do you have that same love? 
If he's there, you should. You should be willing to go tell somebody about Christ. You should see the whole world is lost, just like he did. And be willing to sacrifice to see them saved from this untowards generation. It requires a faith to love something that you cannot see. No man has seen God any time, John says, but the only begotten Son, Jesus, has declared Him. Amen. See, so therefore we must love Him. We must love His Word. Amen. Praise God. So it makes me think right. It makes me do right. It makes me to walk right. It changes my outlook on life because this is a better love. Amen. I'm going to do, if I'm doing wrong, it causes me to change. It causes me to do what is right. You see, love requires me to learn to appreciate what God has done for me. Greater love has no man than this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. Do I appreciate that? See? Israel never appreciated what God was doing. So as a result, they missed out. A lot of people don't appreciate what God is doing. They're never content. They're never satisfied. They want more, 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 more. See? Paul says, having food and raiment, what? Be there with content. See? Because why? God knows the things you have need of. You can't add one statue to your cubic, I meant to your, uh, one cubic to your statue. See? God has got to do it. And he will do what he says he's going to do when you appreciate what he's already doing. See? If we say we love him, then we need to obey what he tells us to do. See? He says, obey my commandments. Right? And so therefore, if we be doers of the word, James tell us, and not hearers only, what's going to happen? I'm going to be blessed. See? So part of love is appreciation. To, you know, learn to appreciate what I have and what God is doing for me. To obey what God is asking of me to do. Amen. To visit the sick and the shut in. I think Jesus put it in Matthew 25, verse 31 through 50. He says, I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. You know, you know. he lists all these things. They said, well, when we do all this? He said, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. See? And he's going to tell you later on, come on in, right? And so, so we have to be, have a visit in heart. See? And then everything that we do and every place that we go, we are to let our light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
See, because you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. If his love is there, see, if his love is there, you're going to shine. People are going to know who you are married to. Your relationship with God is a marriage made in heaven. See? And with that love inside of you, it will make all the difference in the entire world. See? It's a total better love. God is love. And nothing is better than God. You can't put a price tag on God. You're not going to find anything better. You can search the whole world over. As I tell people all the time, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back every time. Amen. You are not going to find anything better. This is why the book of Proverbs, he says, he talks about wisdom. He says, wisdom is what? Better than rubies. And nothing you may desire can be compared to it. And Paul lets you know that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Amen. So therefore, this love, God commended his love towards you and I. See, because we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And while we was yet sinners, he'd already died for us. So that we could exchange it, our sins, for righteousness. That's love. Amen. The excellency of love. Notice, when we speak of the excellency of love, we're referring to the qualities of being outstanding and extremely good. Think about these things that come out of God. Love is what? Patient. In other words, when you have God's love in you, you have the ability to wait on God. Not run headlong in the trials and the troubles and the dangers and finance. You learn how to wait. We don't pray for patience because we know that tribulations work patience. And I've been down that road. And I learned my lesson for praying for patience. You know? Definitely. <laughs> Embarrassment to pay, pray for. I'll tell you about the story someday. You know, but you have to learn how to wait upon God. What does Isaiah say in Isaiah 40, 31? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not pass out. Quit. Give up. Let us not be weary in well-doing for And due season we'll reap if we think not. See, so they that wait upon God, they that serve God, see, and we, we, we wait, we learn to wait and give him a chance to work. He'll work, Isaiah says, if we let him work. See, we don't want God to work. Right? We don't want God to work, right? We pray, but we want to do it ourselves. See? We want, we want it done right now. But Isaiah 43, I think it's 12, he says, He'll work, but who let me? 
You know? So you've got to allow him to work. They that wait upon the Lord. David says in Psalms 27, he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he is strengthening your heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Say, in other words, hold on and give God a chance. He's going to work for you. They that wait upon the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't get ahead of God. You thought you brought your cares. Peter says you're casting all your cares on the Lord. Now, let him fix it. Give him a chance to take care of it. You just keep serving him. You just keep being the waiter, the waitress, the servant. Let him fix the problems. You know, if you work in a restaurant and, and, the, and, the, and the bathroom go bad, you know, as the waiter, you don't go back there and fix it. You tell the owner or the manager. They get it fixed, right? You got situations in your life, you know, you cast it on the Lord. You give him a chance to fix it. See, wait on the Lord. Love is patient. Amen. And so you have to learn how to wait on God. Love is kind. God's love is kind. It's not rude. It's not bitter. It's not evil. It's kind. You don't talk about people. Matthew seven twelve says, You do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. What we call what? The golden rule. See? Because why? His love is here. He put his spirit in us, and so therefore, his love has got to be there. And this is what Paul is trying to get us to see. Look, he says, look, if you're doing these things and you're saying this stuff, then God has got to be there. If not, you're, 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 you're lying. Love is not jealous. Amen. Love does not brag or boast. You stay in a humble state. Love is not arrogant. Love doesn't act unbecoming. It's amazing to me the number of Christians that don't know how to act. Don't drink in the sanctuary. Glug, 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 glug. That means you don't know how to act. <laughs> don't eat in the church. <laughs> that means you don't know how to act. Think about it. Don't talk in the sanctuary. Don't do all this craziness. Oh! Think about these things. David says, I will behave myself. How? In a perfect matter. Why? Because God is there. See? And in a perfect heart. Completeness. My thinking. i got to get it right. If love is here, if God is here, then I've got to act like God. Because I represent Him in the earth. Let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
See? We got to get down deep. Our roots sink down deep enough. If we're still doing the old things, you know why? Because evidently the old guy is still alive. Paul says in Romans 6, you what? Bear it, the old guy. And you came up to what? Walk in newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and old things become new. See? Now, I'm walking in Christ. For Galatians 3, 26-27 says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. Right? So if God is here then I've got to act like him. Isaiah says he made his grave with what? The wicked and the rich in their death because he had no what? No violence. He's done no violence and neither was what? Deceit in his mouth. He's not trickery. God It's love. Come on. Capture this better love. See? We've got to get to that completeness. Moving on to perfection. See? God wants you to be perfect. You read it all through the Bible, and then people say, nobody is perfect. Guarantee you plan on going to see Jesus, you better get there. You need to get completed in him. I think that's what Paul puts it, doesn't it? For we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Bear it with him by baptism, and like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should also walk in newness of life, see? So we've got to get right if this love is in us, then we don't do wrong. Why? Because the Spirit leads us and guides us and brings us to all truth. See? How deep are your roots? If your roots is shadow, you know what happens when the storm comes? Tree blow down. Right? But see, when you're a bamboo tree, see, Bamboo roots goes under the ground, and they intertwangle, intertwine, excuse me, with one another's underneath the ground. See, and so when the storms come, you know, you guys have been to Okinawa and in Asia, you know, and and you see when the storms, the typhoons come through, and the banyan trees, and and all those things. You ever see how the roots are all intertwined, intertwined, excuse me, together, and the, those tr- strong storms come through, and they hit those trees, and and those bamboos, and they go over. And as soon as the wind passes by, they spring right back up. 
and grow just like they were supposed to grow. If your roots ain't deep and you're not rooted and grounded in God, when the first wind and storm hits you, it's going to pull your roots right up out of the ground. And as a result, you're going to be taken away. This is why Jesus, when he's talking about the sower went forth the seed, he says, some fell what? On the stones, among, among the stones, and because they had what? No roots. See? It was shadowed. See? And so, because they had no roots, when the trials and storms came, they fell away. Because it couldn't get through. But when it fell on good ground, see, it brought forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So love is not easily provoked. Love doesn't seek its own. It doesn't consider a wrong suffered. How many times do you know people that hold grudges? People be a thousand years old and they still holding grudges. Something happened to them at 10. And all the people did to them is dead and gone. They still holding the same old grudge. Yeah. Think about it. It doesn't consider a wrong suffered. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I'll pay. Give God a chance. You know, let it go. Rejoice. Jesus says, blessed are you when men persecute you, revile you, and say all matters of evil falsely against you. So rejoice. Be exceeding glad because they did the prophets before you. Says if he hits you over here, let him hit you over here, right? I mean, if you would want to be nailed to a cross, and then you're there with your arms strung out and says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." See, if love is here, then you've got to be able to take like Timex a couple of lickings and just keep right on ticking. That's right. Just lift up holy hands. When people say all matters of evil falsely against you, say all things that one of those daggers that hit you hard, just rejoice. Because why? His love is there. Amen. And so this is where we're going to head this month. We're going to talk more about this better love next week. Amen. So you have your papers. I apologize. I didn't get them to you last Wednesday night. I forgot to hand them out, but forgive me for that. But uh, amen. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, look through it and, and study a little bit and, and think about, as, as I said earlier, you've got to get your mind to thinking about this better love. Why would God do what he did? And am I doing what he's asking of me to do? And if we do those things, then his love will be reflected in us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, again, for your goodness. I thank you for your word tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray for your people, God, that you would continue, Lord God, to reveal your love through us, O oh God, to a lost and dying world, O oh God, to one another. Let us love one another, Father, the way that you have loved us, O oh God. Continue to strengthen us in every place of our lives, O oh God, until we come together again, Lord. We truly appreciate you, God. Let us continue, Lord, to hold fast to the things of God and everything that we do, God. Great is thy faithfulness. Be with your people, God, as they travel to their homes, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, again tonight, Lord, that you would keep all the wild animals and 
drunk animals off the road before them, Lord God. Protect them. I pray until we can come together again, Lord. Bless them in each and every place of their life. Let them have peaceful sleep tonight. Oh, God, I pray, give them rest and comfort of you as they wake tomorrow to with you on their minds, oh, God, and freshness and renewedness in all that they do. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to move across our city, that you continue to root out all evil and wickedness in this city, oh, God, tonight. I pray for our first responders and first defenders, oh, God, keep your hand upon us. Keep your hand around our schools, God. I pray, set angels at every campus, every place that our children are, God. I pray across this nation, Lord, give our leaders wisdom. Give them direction, oh God. I pray, Lord, for all our media, God, that they would realize, God, that a house divided cannot stand, that you would root out the evil, oh God, across our airways, oh God. Shut the mouths of the lion lions, O oh God, in every place, O oh God. Shut their mouths, O oh God, I pray. We truly appreciate you, Lord. Give us wisdom, O oh God, that we will not be drawn into this foolishness in any way, that we will not murmur, we will not complain, we will not bicker, we will not be angry, O oh God, that we will not be selfish in anything that we do, God, that but we will show forth your loving kindness and tender mercies in every place. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See everybody.